Hi there. Thanks for joining us today. So this week's theme and message is called Winsome Weirdos. It's actually a phrase I got from John Piper, and it's his description of Christians, that anyone who is wanting to live for God and to do his will is going to be viewed by the unbelieving world as a weirdo. Hopefully, though, it will be a winsome weirdo, as we shall see. But that's the conclusion that he came to in reading Peter's first letter in the New Testament, uh, which is the book that our church has been going through over these past few weeks. And uh, I want to give a quick recap today uh, on Peter's letter uh, as we look at what it means to be a winsome weirdo. Uh, but first of all, I'm going to have the very winsome Erica Cole share something as she reads from uh, our scripture today which is 1 Peter 4, verse 12. So here's Erica. Dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right, what is good, and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. So in our passage of scripture today, uh, Peter continues this theme of suffering. And he's saying to his listeners that, you know, as Christians, we shouldn't think it's strange. We, we shouldn't be surprised when we experience suffering because, you know, Christ suffered before us. We are sharing in his sufferings. Uh, and yet we can rejoice because just as Christ was raised to glory, so one day we will have the unspeakable joy of sharing in his glory too. So keep trusting God, keep doing good, says Peter. But you know, how does that make us winsome weirdos? Let me explain. Um, Peter is writing to Christians in the first century who were already beginning to experience the fires of persecution from the pagan world around them. And it would seem that, you know, from what Peter is saying here, the particular kind of suffering that they were going through was that they were being reviled, uh, maligned, slandered by unbelievers. Um, those are the words that Peter uses here. And, uh, you know, as we've seen before, you know, people just didn't understand these Christians. They didn't get them. You know, they were so different from the rest of society. Uh, you know, they treated one another as equals. Even uh, women, slaves, foreigners, you know, they were included in their community on an equal footing. Uh, they, they took care of the poor and the needy. No one else did that at that time. Uh, they weren't promiscuous. They, they didn't engage in the drunken orgies that were so popular in that culture. And so in chapter 4, verse 4, Peter says that's why they malign you. They, they, they heap abuse on you. You know, it wasn't a case of like, uh, you know, live and let live. You know, you have your way of living. I have mine. We can still respect one another. No. Christians were seen as weirdos. Weirdos. Uh, they were so out of step with the rest of society uh, that, that people looked at them a bit strange. 
you know. Uh, they spread rumours about them. Uh, it's why they spoke about them with contempt. Those Christians, weirdos. And so in this letter, Peter is calling all Christians to embrace this. In fact, twice he says, you know, you are aliens, you are strangers in this world. You are resident aliens, uh, he's saying. You have experienced a new birth, which results in a whole new way of life. You're a people belonging to God now. You see, you, you march to the beat of a different drum. And so in chapter 4, verse 2, he says it means no longer marching in step with a culture that's being driven by human passions, but instead it means keeping in step with the will of God, choosing to live for him. But you see, that means becoming culturally alien weirdos. So don't be surprised, he says, when the fiery trial comes upon you as if it was something strange. No, it's because they view you as strange. Uh, that's why they talk about you the way that they do. And you see, you know, what makes this especially relevant for us living in America today, right, is that we're going to find ourselves in a very similar situation. Anyone who wants to follow Jesus today uh, will find themselves increasingly out of step with the American culture, which is going in this direction. It means that we will be the minority group, just as those early Christians were. And so if we're going to be faithfully doing God's will, walking with God, it means people are going to view us as a bit strange, as weirdos. You know, what do you mean you're going to wait until you get married to have sex? That's weird. What do you mean you want to honour God with your body? I can do what I want with my body. It's my body. I can have sex with whoever I want. I can be whatever I want. I could be male, female, androgynous, right? I mean, it's my body. I can be whatever I feel like. What? What do you mean you, your body belongs to God? That's weird. You're weird. Are you in a cult or something? Hey, everyone, listen, Ian's in a cult. He's, he's one of those intolerant, uh, racist, homophobic misogynists. But you see, that's what it will mean to be a Christ follower in America today. That is the cultural moment that we are living in. And so we have a choice, don't we? Uh, either we compromise in order to be accepted, you know, we march to the beat of this world, or we follow Jesus. We march to a different beat. But it means being out of step with the world, and that means risking being labelled a weirdo. Uh, and so what Peter is saying here is remember who you are, right? You're the people belonging to God. You're God's people in the earth, right? Aliens and strangers in this world. And, and yes, it might mean you have to suffer just as Jesus himself did. But one day you'll be the ones who will get to share in his glory, right? So don't fight it. Embrace it. Be a weirdo for Christ's sake. But, you know, unlike some Christians today, Peter is not calling us to wear weirdo as a badge, you know, as a badge of honour, uh, or to defend the right to be a weirdo, and so antagonise the prevailing culture. Uh, instead, the other theme that we see over and over again through this letter is the call 
to do good deeds, to get busy doing good works and being a blessing to others. Let's just see uh, what Peter uh, has to say here uh, about that. So first of all, from chapter 2 and verse 12, uh, he says here, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And then again from chapter 2, uh, verse 15, he says, For it is God's will that by doing good you should uh, silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And then uh, from chapter 3 and uh, verse uh, 9 and 13, he says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, he says, Bless, bless, for to this you were called. Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And then again, chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Respond to people with gentleness and respect, right? Keeping a clear conscience so that those who may slander you will be put to shame by your good behavior in Christ. And then as we heard earlier in our reading here from uh, chapter 4 and uh, verse 19, Peter says, in the face of suffering, he says, keep trusting God, keep doing good. So doing good is where we intentionally make an effort to bless those who may speak ill of us, as well as doing good deeds uh, to bless the communities that we are living in. And in doing that, Peter says, uh, some people may be silenced, uh, others may be put to shame, uh, and others may even be won over as they come to glorify God. And so that's where we get winsome from. Uh, so if I can just quote John Piper, he says this, he says, what's striking and paradoxical in 1 Peter is the mandate that Christians are to be both out of step with their culture and compelling in the culture. We are to be weird and winsome. So there you have it. Winsome weirdos. Uh, I was talking to my friend Ricky this past week and he shared a story of what that looks like in his workplace. So here's Ricky to tell the story. Let me tell you about a guy I used to work with, okay? Um, one of the most crassest, arrogant, overconfident people you could meet. Not someone you'd probably root for, all right? He had some real nefarious business dealings that, again, you just couldn't really get behind. But I worked with him, and, um, and he gave me a hard time about my faith pretty often on a regular basis. Uh, and he seemed to relish in it. The more public it was, the better, like if he could knock me down a notch in front of other people. So, um, Time went on, and I tried to stay in that space where I didn't return evil for evil, right? I, um, I loved him. I couldn't pour it on too thick because it would just make him cringe and come back even harder. But I stayed in a good place. Thank you, Charlie. And um, I didn't back down from him, right? Because uh, I'm starting to know who I am in Christ, but I didn't come back at him. And fast forward, uh, and again, he's on my team. I helped him out in a number of times, as I would any other teammate. Um, then he loses his job um, with our company and long story short in his moment of um, humility uh, where you know he'd really hit bottom um, had some issues with his marriage um, 
and with this job loss, uh, he just decided that he could call me. He decided that he needed God and that he needed Jesus. And, and he just, I guess, you know, based on how I treated him, he knew I could, he could call me. Um, and he knew that I was firm. He said, you know, you, you, you didn't back down. Um, and I knew I could call you. So long story short, he is now um, a card-carrying Christian, a believer, got baptized, was so happy, uh, sent me a picture of his baptism, and is now walking with the Lord now. And uh, so pretty cool turnaround. And the, from the most unlikely of places, you never know, right? So, so keep being winsome. Thanks, Ricky. You know, our church is also committed to blessing the communities that we live in uh, and doing good. Understanding, you know, that some of the people we may be serving uh, will have negative views about Christians. Uh, one of the communities that we've been serving for a number of years now is the public housing neighborhood next door to our building called Gosling Meadows, where there is a huge amount of need. Uh, and we know that there are people who would be opposed to seeing a church serving on government property. Uh, but here is Johanna, who uh, leads our work there to talk about what's been happening recently. We've had the pleasure and the privilege of being able to serve in the community over at Gosling Meadows for the past six years. And it's just been a joy to us to develop relationships with the residents and build a sense of community and living life together. We've been uh, running dinners, hosting kids clubs, and um, unfortunately when COVID-19 picked up and the pandemic intensified, we were asked by Portsmouth Housing to pause our activities there. And during that time, we still had Gosling and the residents and the relationships that we had established on our hearts. And we're praying together to find ways to be creative and uh, not let the passion that God has given us die down at all for our neighbors. Because ministry is the person in front of you and we wanted to, to continue to be connected in whatever way we could. To our delight, Portsmouth Housing reached out to us at the end of May and said, you know, we're still figuring out this pandemic, but we feel like we're at a point where uh, we really would like to have you back. And we were so thankful because that just was a testimony to the relationships that had been established, not only with the resident, but with our local city authority here in Portsmouth over the past six years. So. Since June, we have been running a barbecue on Thursday nights, as well as a kids club on Saturday mornings. And uh, just delighted to be able to be back and continue being relational with our friends. Uh, we were so thrilled to have over 80 people at our first barbecue on Thursday nights. And so many people said, we've missed you. We're so excited that we're back that you're back and we're just so excited to see you and uh, we've been able to serve an average of 50 people on Thursday nights and continue to build those relationships and Kids Club has been going strong. We have a team of volunteers participating in running games and activities for the children 
and our moms say our kids get up every morning and ask is it kids club today is it kids club today and they're so excited to come and see us and play with us and we're really excited to see how the Lord is going to continue deepening those friendships um, with both the children and the parents as time goes on. We're also excited to start a new initiative which will be targeting teens ages 13 to 17 and we're just going to start by playing pickup soccer with them on a Wednesday evening. So we're very excited to be establishing relationships with uh, some kids that we haven't um, gotten to know so much yet and um, just being present in, present in that community. So we're really looking forward to it. Thanks, Johanna. May we continue to silence our critics uh, with our good works. That's the philosophy of Mark Batterson's church in DC. Uh, it's called National Community Church and they are known in their city for their good deeds. For example, they have a massive ministry amongst refugees. Uh, I read that uh, their church uh, resettles two-thirds of the refugees in the DC metro area. Uh, Batterson says this, he says, we aren't trying to build a church, we're trying to bless a city. I love that. You see, I think that's the right focus. I think that's the kind of thing uh, that Peter is referring to here in his letter. It's what we're trying to do at Gosley Meadows and other places on the seacoast. Uh, because we've been called to bless our neighbours, to do good in our cities. And as we do that, Jesus will build his church. It's almost 15 years now since Batterson's church uh, bought a crack house in D.C. and turned it into a coffee house. Uh, they said, you know, Jesus didn't just hang out at synagogues. He hung out at wells, which were kind of natural gathering places for people. And so they said, we thought we'd try and create a place where our church and community could cross paths. And they called it Ebenezer's Coffee House. Uh, here, here's a picture of it before, and here's a picture of it now. Um, amazing, isn't it? And this coffee house is actually the largest one on Capitol Hill and is very well known because they give away every penny of their profits to good causes. Uh, it's coffee with a cause, they say. And it's been voted the number one coffee house in D.C. Isn't that amazing? Uh, their church is famous for their good works in Jesus' name. May ours be too. So to conclude, um, instead of worrying about what people might think about us, let's be unashamed about our faith and get on with doing good. Right? Call me weirdo if you want. I'm just going to respond by blessing you and by being a blessing where I live. And when we get up in the morning, let's, let's wake up thinking about the good deeds that we might do today. Who is there that I can bless? Especially if it's someone who's been giving me a hard time. Uh, is there someone in need that I can serve? Uh, that might be as simple as uh, stopping to have a conversation with someone who's panhandling downtown, you know, uh, taking an interest in them. Or maybe it might be starting a ministry to refugees. Or maybe it's giving our time and effort to serve another organisation that's already doing good in our community. But may our church be known 
for our good deeds. You know, people may view us as weirdos, but let it be winsome weirdos. And then maybe we will win some along the way. All right. God bless you. If you want to find out more about our church, do please go to newfrontierschurch.com.